Welcome, everybody, to episode 117 of the Anime Arcade Podcast. My name is Carlos, and I'm here with Kiyube. Yeah, hello. And special guest, Native. Hey! <laughs> and today, we are going to be recording our spoiler cast for Mononoke. And we say spoiler cast, we mean it. Like, we spoil everything. Yeah, yeah, just about, like, if you were at all interested in this show, uh, and Native can attest to this, please go watch it. Yeah, um, three times, if you're me. <laughs> <laughs> That's a spoiler for our show. Like, they don't know you've watched it three times, but now you've spoiled them. Anyway. We can't go down this meta road. It's been too hard. <laughs> we can. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're, we're too far. We're too far. Just start Pull the episode, back. Logan. Start the episode. <laughs> start the music. All right. Enjoy the show. <laughs> shot on uh, concert day because I'm going to mention Love Live once in every cast That's now. Just five seconds. <laughs> Got it out of the way early. <laughs> yep, yep. Uh, now it's more of a challenge to keep it going because I might forget one of these days. I still need to go back uh, and like timestamp first mention of Love Live in every episode. <laughs> that sounds that sounds like a nightmare. Yeah, go back through like every a... single one and t- and splice out every Love Live conversation. God. And create a whole <laughs> other episode. <laughs> yeah, It'd be amazing that no one would listen to. No, <laughs> I mean, I would, I would listen to it, but it would be like, I would listen to it just because it would be interesting to be like, oh, okay, like you know, here's where like third life happened, and you know, and oh, here's where like we were getting ready for like, uh, like fest and stuff like that, like you know, all like the little bits, and then. All the speculation that we've ever done, where we've been like, I think it's going to be like this, and then see how that kind of shook out. Because I don't remember everything we've ever said. What? Um, yeah, yes, shocker. I, I might have <laughs> the worst memory on our podcast, uh, uh, which is you know why I'm, I'm heading up this <laughs> about a show where memory is probably pretty good to have. Um, yeah. Uh, so uh, hard segue out of Love Live. <laughs> um we'll be back we'll be back (laughs) yeah (laughs) but uh we recently finished oh recently it was how long was was it two or three weeks maybe yeah about three weeks Uh, by the time this comes out it won't be terribly recently yeah Uh, a month ago yeah we, we we finished uh our last group watch uh which was a show uh that was actually suggested by uh uh, senior native here. Hey. Um, 
<laughs> who uh, uh, graciously agreed to join us on the podcast. Thank you for having me, of course. Yeah. Um, so, uh, given that <laughs> you're you're not a, uh, a a usual host on the on the podcast, I'll uh, True. go ahead and introduce the show that we watched. Um, uh, we watched Mononoke. It is a 2007 uh, anime, and Cube. Uh, uh, I think you have the particulars for this one. Um, where does Mononoke come from? Yes, this was uh, made by uh, Studio Toy Animation, who's done everything, um, <laughs> just about. They're probably most well known for like Dragon Ball, One Piece, Sailor Moon, long running shows, but they do like a lot of short one uh, one core shows as well, like this one. Uh, this was directed by Kenji Nakamura, who also did Gatchaman Crowds, Sayakashi, Japanese classic horror, and uh, Suritama. Um, and based on the, this is an original, uh, there's no, um, source material for it. Uh, and it's split up into five different arcs and each arc had a different, uh, screenplay writer. Um, for the first and last arc was Ikiko Takahashi. Uh, second and fourth arcs were written by Chiaki J. Konaka, who also did Ghost Town and Surreal Experiments Lane. The third arc was written by Manabu Ishikawa, and the last episode was written by Michiko Yokote, who also did the compositions and scripts for Prison School, Holic, and Shirabako. Uh, those, those are <laughs> massively different. Sorry, I said step in. Those are massively different shows. I do that on purpose. <laughs> Having not seen any of them, I have to agree. <laughs> Well, you might see Shirabako in the near future. Uh, is that up for nomination? It is up for nomination. Anyway, sorry, I think, I think, I think you would like Holic Native. It's it's Clamp's best work, in my opinion. Oh. Uh, OP is Kagen no Suki by Ryota Komatsu and Charlie Kosei. ED Natsu no Hana by Juju. And yeah, suggested by Native. This guy. Uh, if you... If you watch nothing else about this, like if you're the you know kind of listener who likes to, um, who likes to, like listen to spoiler cast. If you watch nothing else about this because you listen to the spoilers and you're like, oh, it doesn't sound like it's for me. Listen to this op. It's kind of out there. <laughs> Break out it's the accordion, boys. Like watch yeah. <laughs> watch the op too. It's visually fascinating. I think I'd say. Uh, this whole show is visually fascinating. Yeah. <laughs> that is a good word for it. Uh, that is one yeah. of its main appeals that at least drew me to it in the first place. Yeah, yeah, no, it's, uh, I don't even know how to describe it. It's a different style from anything I think I've ever seen. I mean, hmm. You know, on some levels, I might describe it as a show that I'm surprised is not by Shaft. Because in some ways, uh, you know, kind of animation style and artistic layout, it reminds me of the Monogatari series a little bit. Uh, I could see like some of the camera angle choices and things. Yeah. Um, I, Not enough head tilt. Maybe, maybe like visually, it's very kind of like it's drawn on like colored paper, like slightly crinkled. Yeah, kind of you can kind of see. Yeah, I enjoyed that. Yeah. 
Uh, more like uh, animation that's moving on a static piece of paper. Yeah. Uh, which is weird to say out loud. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. uh, but so what would we say the story is about? I mean, it really, I mean, it's about a medicine peddler. I, I guess, yeah, the easiest thing to say is it's about a, a medicine peddler who s- slays demons, Mononoke, monsters. Um, all of the above, indeed. All of the above, yeah. Uh, it, it's a, it's broken up into five arcs, uh, which range from three to two episodes. Um, so, I mean, if you don't like one arc, you actually might like another arc, and that's that's kind of the experience I I had going into it. Um, I don't know what you guys think about the layout of the show. Uh, I've always been a fan of uh short stories so seeing series like this where it's just a series of short stories is appealing on that level to me uh so i mean that's part of the reason why i voted for it i'm on the same level as Bay. like i love shows uh like for example something like a kino's journey or even a girl's last tour where essentially each episode is a little bit different so I find myself yeah. really drawn to this kind of like bite-sized arc. And I feel like it's harder to write something that's nice and concise and satisfying than to do an epic. Yeah. Uh, also a lot easier to watch. Sure. Yeah. 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 Little self-contained stories. Yeah. I, I'd agree with that. I, I enjoyed Kino's journey and, and girls last tour quite a bit as well. Um, yeah, uh, so like with that, let's just kind of jump into uh, you know the point of this cast, which is spoiling people. Uh, so uh, the first arc uh, was called uh, Zashiki Warashi. So Nailed it. That's that oh, <laughs> mouthful. Uh, apologies. Uh, <laughs> that so uh, this arc. Um, this, I'm just gonna kind of get this out of the way. Every arc. Features uh, Kusuri Yuri, the main character, essentially the medicine man. The what, what do they what what do they translate that as? Medicine He's like peddler. an alchemist. Medicine yeah, peddler. either peddler yeah. or seller. Um, this is if you if you see any of the art, uh, and you know if you're on our website, there's probably art of this character. Um, he's in every episode. He's kind of like the wandering you know, protagonist, uh, think, you know, man with no name from all the Clint Eastwood movies, all that kind of stuff. Yeah. Uh, so the first arc, um, features, uh, Shino, who is a pregnant foreigner. <laughs> I don't know if she was supposed to be actually Japanese or if the blonde hair was, uh, w- was just for show or if she was, you know, you know, it's kind of hard to tell with the character designs at times. It really is, uh, especially since uh, there's also some black characters in this uh, this episode. It's um, more than one. I, I guess there's one, and then there's one that's like H- Hisayo, the proprietist. I guess she's not. Uh, I don't know, man. I can't, I couldn't tell. Anyway, um, so Shino, uh, we uh, see her like like looking for a place to stay, and you know clearly running from somebody uh she runs into uh an inn and uh the 
proprietess and I don't know what he's supposed to be. A bellboy? I, I don't That's know. That's kind of what I figured. Uh, but this is Hisayo, the proprietess, and, and Tokuji, who's the uh, a bellboy of sorts, uh, are trying to kick her out um, because they're apparently full. They're, you know, they're max capacity at their end. Uh, however, her incessant begging um, leads them to uh, usher her into a haunted room. Uh, it's not, you know, it, they don't say it's haunted, but, you know, it's, this is one of those things in, like, you're watching a horror anime. So when they're, when they say stuff like, you know, what about that room? Or, you know, oh, she can't go in that room. You can't be serious. It's like, you, if your context clues haven't, like, gone off in your head being like, oh, this room is haunted, then you've said, hello, this is must be the first, piece of media you've ever consumed <laughs> welcome to anime <laughs> they like to play the noun game yeah i mean they literally called it a secret room well also like if this if you've never seen anime just in general um you might not pick up on like when they're going down the halls and there's just nothing but like protective scrolls on the wall <laughs> and you're like okay uh nothing bad happens here carlos nothing yeah, this is, yeah. it's gonna be fine weird wallpaper uh <laughs> weird wallpaper it's just kind of all over the place um but uh around this time uh our you know medicine peddler shows up as well uh, and they they put chino up in this room and it's uh, I, correct me if i'm wrong guys just feel free to jump in but like uh she she's um uh running from assassins from her uh I guess not really husband. So like her, I guess lover. Yeah. Uh, uh, basically, like she was having an affair with like her master. Yeah, I, don't, I wouldn't call it an affair. Considering yeah. they were really cheating on anybody, it's just they were they're having a tryst, and it's like she wanted to keep the kid, but his family didn't want her to have you know yeah. an heir. As, parent, so. as soon as she told uh i think they just referred to him as the young master that she was pregnant yeah. and it was his he was like uh all right hey assassin get in here we, we, yeah i got you some work <laughs> yeah that, that sounds right um so you know she ran away because she wants to have her kid um and uh through the course of these three episodes it's Shoot. made very clear Oh, two episodes. Okay, yeah. Uh, through the course of these two episodes, uh, it's made pretty abundantly clear that uh, this room that she's in is fairly haunted. Um, and it kind of comes out very slowly that it's haunted by the... Uh, I don't know if I just want to jump right into it, but I guess I will. Um, Go for it. It's Yeah, <laughs> it's, it's just it's haunted by the ghosts of aborted babies. Because this hotel used to be a brothel. What is what is great about uh, about this show at times is that they give you enough clues to figure that out. And Carlos, you figured it out real quick. Yeah, yeah. At some point, you were like, "Is this place used to be a whorehouse or something?" Yeah, I mean, it's He's it's been not terribly subtle. Yeah, I, <laughs> the master over here. <laughs> I've never been to a Japanese one. Um, uh, <laughs> you say, 
<laughs> I should put that idea in the listener's heads for fuck's sake. God damn it. I I've should. never been to a whorehouse. Never. <laughs> that wasn't haunted. Been to strip clubs. I've been to <laughs> <laughs> That I know. That anyway. I... <laughs> God damn it. Anyway. Um so yeah, yeah. Um uh, I, I did I will say I did appreciate that. I'm not a huge fan of like the message they were kind of going for here or the message I perceived, but it was like a pretty compelling story. Um the uh you know the the proprietess used to be a, a madam uh you know a, at this what used to be a whorehouse and um the uh the bellboy tokuji was kind of like the enforcer who would find out that these girls were pregnant and then okay this is another thing uh and then instead of like there were chemical means by which women would you know induce miscarriage in you know old times but he would just kind of pound on their back until they fucking miscarried which is it's fucking disgusting yeah yeah <laughs> um, it got pretty gooshy <laughs> yeah those sound yeah, so effects were like, not pleasant man yeah no it was not but like again this is horror so this is what you expect it, you're either i wasn't expecting that the it, first arc can I we like so, ease into that a little bit more you you either get like creeping dread or you get what is it one of my one of the YouTubers I watch, like he says, horror that tries to put you off your lunch, which I guess is a English euphemism for making you sick. But I enjoy it. So, um, so yeah, you like it's either like creeping dread or or um, or uh, you know that kind of like gross out stuff. And they were going for the gro- they started with the dread thing, and then they went for the gross out at the end with the big reveal. Um, uh, I I completely missed the fact too that uh, and a character that uh, an assassin actually does catch up with Shino. And the, you know, uh, ghost abortions, uh, fucking, it's the weirdest thing. They wrap him up in some cloth and, like, kill him that way. Like, that's that's their method of killing people. Yeah, they have just... this weird, like, cloth thing. That's kind of like a representation of the umbilical cord. Yeah. 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 He just kind of ends up with his limbs poking out of the ceiling. And at some <laughs> point, they're all just looking at him, just <laughs> like, oh, what happened? I swear, this is like the most horror of the five arcs. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I'd say that. Yeah, this that this is like if you were looking for for that kind of thing, then yeah, for sure. Um, and here we kind of like it. It the the medicine peddler. He's always the one who's like, uh, trying to suss out like the uh the mystery i guess uh and he calls it the finding what was it the shape and the truth and the reason of and the reason thank you yeah the shape truth and reason of the mononoke that way he can exterminate it otherwise like if he only has like one or two of the three aspects of the mononoke his like special demon mononoke slaying sword won't even come out of its scabbard yeah and that's kind of the through line of every single arc that's that's the mm-hmm. goal is to find out the shape, truth, and reason so uh, Kasuda Yodi can slay or expose the Mononoke. Yeah, uh, and it like he it gets more interesting because like we see actually no I, I think this one was one of the coolest looking Mononoke slaying. I think this one the last one was pretty interesting too, but like uh, Kasuda Yodi actually like changes form when he like is killing the Mononoke. So you get like some um 
God, like on top of like you know on top of the release of like you know when you're watching a mystery you have that like oh okay so that's what's happening um you you get like the the visual uh metaphor of yeah. you know everything kind of wrapping up as well yeah you get the magical girl transformation at the end <laughs> this is clearly a magical girl anime obviously <laughs> oh you know what i mean i was gonna say <laughs> no but i mean we have uh raising project and all those other <laughs> magical girl horrors so i guess why not um so after um uh, you know uh gets rid of uh the i don't know amalgamation of abortion monsters uh i guess shino goes on to live a good life we don't really know yeah (laughs) she's just she's still pregnant we don't really get Um, closure really with any of these arcs where the characters end up after after the mononoke are slain uh, I mean, not yeah. I guess we, it's not really closure, but we get a little bit more in arc five. Yeah, like because we actually see them afterwards, at least most of them. Anyway, we'll get into that. <laughs> uh, moving into the second arc. Uh, second arc is Sea Bishop, which is a lot easier to say than Zashi. Blah 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 blah. blah. Um, <laughs> you didn't even try. <laughs> I didn't try that time. No, it's, I gave up. Uh, <laughs> so. This one, this arc's interesting because it, it starts you like just kind of in the middle of a journey, and it's I I don't remember if they're there, uh, intentionally or if they're there, like because they just wound up on the ship. Well, this one starts off with the uh, Rakugo performance by uh, Gen Yosai. I actually don't remember that. Like it's 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 just like an allegory that he just kind of starts off this arc with everyone else is watching and then when it kind of pulls back we realize they're all on a boat together oh yeah yeah yeah. do yeah, you yeah. do you guys said. remember where the boat was initially headed because i know part of the arc is that the boat gets put off course which is how they encounter the mononoke in the first place uh, uh i just have that they'll arrive in edo in four to five days so they're going to edo That's all okay yeah 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 so okay so they are on the boat intentionally and the right the boat soup the boat is so if you've seen pictures of and i i recommend that you know you listeners out there and you too native if you haven't seen them um if if you if you've seen pictures of uh our experience in uh uh, team labs borderless uh the you know interactive art exhibit that we went to in in wadaiba that's what this boat kind of reminds me of. It is, it is baffling because there's like giant fish tanks and it's super colorful and yeah, it I is. Would, a, it's a good. Yeah, I would. <laughs> what my first thought was that it's a combination between an aquarium and that one scene in Harry Potter where all the uh, with all the staircases just going infinitely upwards. Uh, <laughs> It is a Japanese boat, though. Like, if you've seen, it, Japan is is such an odd country in that, like, it, most island nations developed, you know, really, really good seafaring uh, tendencies. Japan didn't. Like, their navy was always garbage. Um, well, not always. World War Two and like nineteenth century, they were fine. But, uh, but yeah, like, so the, those like those boats that look more like buildings that could kind of sail, like that 
it made sense but yeah even even for that even for the the weird japanese style boats of that time uh this was odd um and the boat belongs to what is his name uh tamon uh mikunia who is a merchant kind of obsessed with wealth and and fish there's and fish yeah which weird goldfish uh, <laughs> goldfish specifically yeah. goldfish. i think it was i think they're they're koi right if i'm not mistaken i mean it, it fit the themes i mean they're they're big enough to be koi but he, like they translated as goldfish and i'm like i mean if you consider koi goldfish sure um uh, but that's besides the point. But uh, yeah, the so the 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 passengers on the ship are all kind of odd ducks. Um, in that it, I don't really understand why all of them would be in this place at this time, <laughs> aside from uh, Genki, the the monk, and and or I guess he's a bishop, and uh, Solgen, his apprentice. Um, they make sense, but. Why Kaio's there, I don't know. Uh, why um, Yanagi uh, Genyosai, I think they just call him Genyosai, uh, is there, the priest. Uh, I think he's like a Shinto priest is there, I don't know. Why Why the, the samurai <laughs> is there, I have no clue. Goromaru makes sense because I think he's like a laborer for for um, uh, Mikunia. Right. Um, and neither two, they're not actually on the ship. Um, but, but yeah, so they're, they're sailing to Edo for their own reasons, uh, reasons. Yeah. Yep. Uh, they don't really give you any, uh, but, uh, partway through the journey as uh, native alluded to earlier, uh, the ship goes off course and they wind up in the path of a Mononoke. Oh, I should also mention that, uh, you know, Kusudi, Kusudi Udi is uh, also on the boat because of course he is. He's our protagonist, kind of. Yeah, it went off course because uh, someone put a magnet by the compass. So, like, whoever was... They turned wrong? Navigating, they just followed the compass or something instead of actually... I don't know. There's a, all, I remember, all I have is that there's a compass by the... Someone put an iron bar there to throw it off. Right. Uh, and, I mean, it's it's not a huge mystery because it's actually solved really, really quickly. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Genki. The monk bishop, the Buddhist bishop. I didn't even know Buddhism had bishops. Um, he sent the um, the ship off course uh, because the Mononoke in the region that they're heading towards, I think he thinks is his sister who volunteered as a human sacrifice uh I don't know. It's like the sea god or something. Yeah, years and years ago. Uh, because um, Eastern religion is is just as confusing as Western religion. <laughs> um, uh, it was 50 so, years ago. Yeah, so so Genki at this point is a, is an older man. Uh, along the way, and and stop me if I'm if I'm skipping over anything. But so you know, I, like after you know the panic and all that stuff uh of oh my god we're off course why are we off course and they you know kusuri lets, lets them know that they're in the path you know to go to a mononoke um okay remind me is the giant like fish skeleton demon thing before the 
the, the uh, Umizato, or is Umizato before that? Uh, in the first episode is when the thing comes down out of the sky, and yeah. like mayhem ensues. While the yeah, weird, the do they ever explain that? <laughs> Did I miss it? Uh, no. <laughs> <laughs> so, so we get a giant fish skeleton mononoke that i mean nobody knows it's oh miss and peddler made like a flash grenade thing that scared off the ayakashi that was lifting up the uh the ship oh right and that that's that's like the last of his certain kind of medicine or chemical that he had so that was like all so he couldn't do it again that's right, and, and and this is where they kind of make the distinction between Ayakashi, which are just, like, demons, and um, Mononoke, which, like, I don't know. They have reason? They're, yeah, they're still, like, monsters, but they're monsters born of some kind of, yeah. you know, trauma, so. Well, yeah, I think, just jerks. I know. think we find throughout the each arc that a Mononoke is a person who was wronged in some way. Mm-hmm. And that's that's kind of how they live on after after death is through this manifestation of how they were wronged. Yeah, so I mean, some it's it's no different really from like a lot of ghost stories in the West of like you know just someone trying to get revenge post mortem. Yeah, um, exactly. So, so yeah, I'd say that's a good way of putting it. Um, whereas Ayakashi, like we said, are are just demons. They're you know not of this world. Uh, so yeah. Uh, Kusuri gets us or gets our you know our band of misfits away from the Ayakashi and along the way on the path to you know finding out uh more about Genke's sister uh they run into a very powerful oh god I don't even know if if he's what like he's some kind of spirit I'm not sure I don't think he's an Ayakashi he's just I don't know what else he'd be (laughs) He's a ghost Biwa player. Yeah. I, well, yeah. I mean, because there there are different types of of spirits, but he's not like he's not like uh, like an Ayakashi just trying to murder them. He's just like I don't know. It, it's a weird like uh, this for that. Like I'll let you guys go free, but I'm going to completely fuck your mind. <laughs> <laughs> this might be just one of my favorite for episodes, just because like all of the. Uh, all the sequences in this are just so awesome. <laughs> yeah, it's also uh, not the most consequential episode. <laughs> no, no, but it is. It is super interesting, and it like there's like an element of I don't know of intrigue, like of seeing somebody uh, face yeah, like in a visual sense face their fears because like you know they have to. Yeah, because they're asked um, what are they afraid of, and then yeah, we they say something, and then. The Biwa player strikes his Biwa, and then, like, they kind of experience what their actual fear is. Yeah, and we go through yeah. every character because all of them don't really have aren't don't really verbalize their real fears. Uh, it's a it's it's a cool sequence. Yeah, I'm trying to think. In in, I don't remember all of them. I remember Mikunia. I think he was first. Uh, the uh, merchant. Yeah, the merchant. Um, I don't remember what he said he was afraid of. He's I think it was of, a loss of wealth. Yeah, losing all his money and becoming penniless. Yeah. And then he gets pierced and cops, coughs up a bunch of goldfish. 
Yeah. <laughs> Which I think he was actually fairly genuine with mm-hmm. his fear because I think he his value is in his fish. Yeah. Like his pet fish. Um, which again, weird, but I mean, to each other. Just his fish, man. <laughs> I mean, uh, uh, sure. I, I don't, I don't get like fish can't, you can't pet fish. I'm just, okay. I'm just gonna, I'm, <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm pissing off like our one listener who's like a fish otaku. I'm sorry, dude. Uh, uh, the samurai was next and he said he didn't fear anything in the world. And then, uh, uh, and then he faces the victim, the face of his victims uh, from like the hundred people that he's slain. And he just gets like swallowed up in like in this mass and his sword breaks. I enjoyed that one. Yeah. <laughs> Screw that, that guy. guy. <laughs> uh, then it was Kayo. Um, uh, where she, Kayo? she talks about love and says how Rishfir is going through life without ever experiencing love. And then she gets pregnant and gives birth to a fish. <laughs> <laughs> she probably doesn't want to find love anymore <laughs> at least i wouldn't and then Daniel Sai says that he fears manju but we don't see his vision but then he just starts like up chucking oh yeah because well i mean we don't see his vision but i think this was the most like one of the more interesting ones because instead of seeing it we see him miming stuff yeah and like we see him miming eating and then he looks as if he's looking inside the manju he's eating and he sees something, so I kind of wonder what was in there <laughs> that made him so. Something whatever gross. was in there was what he actually legitimately feared. Uh huh. Then there was the uh, medicine peddler, who he fears a world with no shape, truth, or reason, and he just and he just disappears. A, he just disappears into a <laughs> void. I think that was that was actually pretty cool. Yeah. Like, I think he legitimately did fear that. He just you know didn't show emotion on his face. He's just too stoic to actually show it. You know, I take that back. He does show some emotion. It's usually like amusement, though. It's never like, yeah, that rice smile. Yeah. Um, I just realized Goromaru didn't have to say anything, but you know what? I mean, he's a laborer. Give the guy a break. Yeah, the apprentice was next. He said he fears the bishop. Um, because he's been doing strange things. Uh, and that's kind of where we get the reveal that, uh, Sogan. I mean, that's the apprentice that uh, he was sent to mess with the compass and everything. So he's been kind of being, being used by the by the monk. Right. And and yeah, this is the reveal that that he's he wanted to go find his sister. Yeah, the whole uh, Biwa fish sequence is kind of what kicks off uh, the, uh, you know, the end to the mystery. Because basically this entire episode is just the Biwa fish asking yeah. people what they're afraid of. And that's the entire episode. Yeah, to a certain extent, everyone else but Sogin and Genki, their fears are kind of irrelevant to the rest of the episode. <laughs> yeah. It's it's just there for, I don't know if I'd call it character building so much as, Thoroughness. I don't know, just kind of a neat sequence. Yeah. Someone had fun animating I, I enjoyed it. 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 it was probably one of my favorite episodes uh, of the show. Um, God, did I actually take notes on this one? I didn't. Because I remember, I remember, I do remember taking notes. Um, I just don't know where they went. Yeah, for the finale anyway. of the Sea Bishop arc. Yeah, because I do remember, and I don't remember why exactly, because they, they go and they, uh, like, 
I think doesn't doesn't the sea bishop say his fear, and they act like he actually brings out the, the pod that his sister was in. Yeah, the giant hollowed out log just kind of rises up from the <laughs> middle of the ship. Yeah, and and we get um, oh, what do you call it? Like we, I think in the next episode we start getting the backstory of Kinky. Yeah, about how he was uh, um. Uh, he raised with his sister and a, a you know, became, had to become a, a Buddhist apprentice at like a Buddhist shrine or whatever. Uh, I think one of the most interesting things about this, before I we start talking about um, what's said, is how they use, un, like, they don't tell you, but Genke is a 100% unreliable narrator. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. So... We, you take like the first time you watch this, or at least for me, I did. You take his word because no one has lied to us thus far, um, uh, except for, I mean, I, life through life through omission, I guess. But like, no one has you know out and outright lied to the audience. But he lies through his fucking teeth, <laughs> um, about being in love with his sister and and you know them not like being able to be together because well you know that's uh, incest and uh uh her you know volunteering to um to be a sacrifice in his place and you know him being devastated and all this nonsense and uh it turns out that's not the case at all yeah it was just an Uh, asshole he was just an (laughs) asshole (laughs) another mystery Uh, solved yeah, I mean, was that pretty much like? Correct me if I'm wrong, but was that because like well, before I I ask if that was it, but like uh, essentially that it wasn't the case. It was kind of the case. So right. they were raised together. He was sent off to become a, a you know a Buddhist uh, monk. They were not in love. She was in love with him, mm-hmm. um, which is why I have her listed as Brokon. Her name was Oyo, um, and she volunteers. She does volunteer to take his place as a human sacrifice. Uh, but he wasn't devastated. He, in his mind, was like, "Fuck yeah, this stupid rod's gonna take my place." Yeah, like, like, like the wor- like the worst shit you could think of. He's thinking in his mind about his sister, who a just you know just confessed her fucking love to him. I wait, no, he yeah. actually does yeah, have she, like somewhat of. A- she said that she would rather go in the boat than go marry someone else. She loved her brother yeah. that much. Yeah, <laughs> it's so wrong. Yeah. But he's just like, oh, granted, you know, he's setting aside the eel for now, you know, just like, <laughs> like, he's just an asshole. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I, I remember being like, like, I enjoyed the, the, the you know, the Biwa player, like, episode so much as being like, oh, that was it? He's just a dick? <laughs> it's yeah. just like, well, I was so underwhelmed. Also, when they opened up the the boat the hollow boat nothing was inside yeah and it's revealed that genke himself is the mononoke at least like his alter ego is mm-hmm. <laughs> so it's odd yeah yeah that's one thing about this show is that you can you can never be sure of what the mononoke's form would be like we'll see in the next uh episode that it's not always a monster right Right. It can be like an idea, or hell, at some point, just an object. I just like my last yeah. note I made for this episode. 
the uh, samurai says thank you for everything then his sword explodes and he clutches the right eye and starts laughing and that's like the last note that it took from the episode i don't know what the samurai's <laughs> deal was it never comes up again <laughs> just, if it does i completely missed it so random. Uh, but uh yeah no so i did find my notes and they're not great i just remember all i wrote like i stopped writing notes after episode five um because i probably lost this doc but um yeah i just wrote disappointing ending <laughs> yeah this was the I, this was the one episode that i i missed during our group watch it's fine because i've seen the show twice before uh and i remember asking you guys about it and i didn't remember the ending and carlos you were like yeah it ended with incest i was like oh <laughs> <laughs> huh <laughs> well, we about thinking, that. like that every arc was just going to be like some terrible sin because we had like you know like abortions or something in the first like basically killing babies or whatever let's not get into that and then the second arc is incest so like what's the third one gonna be where do we go from here where do we go well, from see it here? wasn't even like it like if it was a huge sin like it wasn't even incest like because yeah. he wasn't interested in her he was just an asshole when he was younger <laughs> yeah, and i have a problem with this like unless he was still that asshole like you know in his old age mm -hmm. like like kill his alter ego but i have a problem with this because like I mean, what do you really have in common with like with yourself from the past, except for the fact that you're the same person? Like nothing. I I would hope, like as he grew up, you know, he would ditch that side of him. But I don't know, because it, it, it seemed like he did. Like if he was willing to face, you know, the demons of his past, I I don't. Like I said, it. I I I was kind of hoping that you know, if it was him, that he was just still an asshole, or or maybe it was the sister. I don't know. So. That's why the ending was a little disappointing. Yeah, because I, I was like, "Oh, it's just this his alter ego from that way back when." Yeah, this arc is one of the best setups. Yeah, and it just yeah, it kind of goes nowhere. Not much, not much of a crime. If if there was a crime, I would say it's human sacrifice. is <laughs> pretty fucking bad. Yeah, fair, fair. <laughs> um, being an asshole. I mean, you're just an asshole. That's that's not a crime. Uh, anyway, arc three. Uh. One of the more interesting. Well, I guess they're all interesting, to be fair. But, yeah, uh, th this is faceless monster. Yeah, again, like I've said, uh, you know, just a few minutes ago, this is my third time watching this entire series. I still don't know if I entirely grasp this arc. No, and you guys are gonna have to help me out because this yeah. is the one that, like, I have the hardest time not not remembering because it wasn't interesting, but because it's okay. So we'll just go through the characters. Uh, obviously the protagonist and uh there's a there's ocho who is who was married very unhappily to someone kind of above her station like her family married her up um who was you know an asshole to her when we when we come into this first episode of faceless monster um there it's kusuri and um Ocho sitting in a, a jail I won't even cell. Say, yeah, yeah. I mean, the first one is—it's not really—it doesn't really feel like a prison. The first place they're in, I don't know, but yeah, they are in a jail cell, and uh, I don't remember why Kusudi is there uh, for like because he kind of just shows up. Honestly, no, no, he's there for a reason. He's in the jail cell. Like he, they actually say he's there for a reason. I don't remember what it was. Oh, uh, yeah. I think he, I think, no, I I do remember. It was uh like, he says that he was selling medicine 
and someone accused him of being um, a charlatan. And I guess the person who uh, who accused him was, you know, higher ranking and got him thrown in jail. Yeah, that sounds about that right. Was, I think that's the excuse he gave. I'm, I'm not sure if that's actually... I don't believe any of these why. people. No. Uh, and Ocho is there uh, under suspicion of having murdered her husband and her husband's family. Yeah, but there's like uh, different rumors about what actually happened. Like it's nothing like super clear cut, if I recall correctly. They, right. They give us a couple of different things uh, throughout the arc. For uh, one of them is she hung four of them from a plum tree, but she Which is denied that. Per- that's mm-hmm. impressive, honestly. Yeah. Uh, especially in a kimono. There's no eyewitnesses to, you know, either. Yeah. yeah. Well, I imagine. So it's like they're all dead and she's the one there. They would get little flashes of like what could have happened. Um, but the other character is uh, Fox Mask, who is, I mean, they, they pretty much come out with it. Like this is the Mononoke. Um, but Kusuri needs, you know, his trifecta to uh, slay this guy. And this Mononoke is uh fairly well spoken um how do i put this ocho is romantically interested in this mononoke and i think because it saved she thinks it saved her yeah in her mind it was fox mask that killed her husband and husband's family to break her free from her you know unhappy marriage her metaphorical prison yeah yeah yeah, which was it that was an interesting aspect because i think you'd mentioned it before uh when we were talking about it native but um uh the bars in the jail cell were very similar to the bars uh in the kitchen window where Mm -hmm. we often see her um yeah uh so it's a lot of conversation between Kusuri and, and Fox Mask. And Fox Mask is very, very eccentric. Um like he can it's not just that he has a fox mask. Like his mask changes every time he like touches it. Um yeah I don't know what to say about this. <laughs> it's it's, it's tough, really you know? weird. Because like you mentioned lying. that's <laughs> yeah. true. I mean, you mentioned earlier that uh, there's not a lot of situations where Kasuri has a lot of expression or emotion. I think this is the only arc where you see him express legitimate bewilderment, because he's you know he's accusing Fox Mass of being the Mononoke, but then you know he's trying to uh, figure out the shape, truth, and reason. He pulls out the scale that he uses that detects Mononoke, and nothing comes up. Right. So to him, he's like, "Wait, this this guy isn't the Mononoke." Right. And that's kind of that's one of the through lines to this episode. I wish I'd taken notes on this episode. I'm not gonna I'm, or these episodes. I'm not gonna lie. I mean, these are um, these are tough ones. I think that the ending too was just kind of baffling. It, what I figured was either she escaped or she killed herself. Yeah, I guess. Because, do you wanna do you wanna just say what? Uh, I guess what the mystery is. Oh, this is spoiler cast. Go for, yeah, go yeah. For it. I, I didn't know if we wanted to give more outline before we went for it. So 
God, you know, I'm having trouble even just coming up with a way to say it. It's either that Ocho herself was a Mononoke or the mm-hmm. Mononoke was of Ocho's creation. Yeah. So, but it's never made clear. <laughs> Fox Fox Mask doesn't exist. Yeah, because that was like the peddler. It I that's what I think cuz the design is made to look exactly like the peddler's form where when he pulls out the sacred sword, right? Yeah. So, this whole thing is based off of uh Japanese no theater where there's only really two actors that dawn masks to play other characters. So I think the whole layout is supposed to be the two characters are Ocho and Kasuriyuri. And Kasuriyuri mm-hmm. is using this play, this no theater, to get Ocho to reveal herself as a Mononoke. At some point, he keeps asking her, who did you kill? And it ends up being, she didn't kill anybody, except maybe herself, maybe. We don't know that. She either committed suicide or escaped. Huh. yeah and that's, all that is through like take. yeah this it, you're right it is mostly conversation and there are some flashbacks to ocho with her mother like her mother's trying to get her to play the koto and she misses right. one note and then is and, and then is just scolded for it showing that her mother kind of married her off to this rich samurai family to kind of like live vicariously through her and Ocho living with that family that she doesn't want to be with is kind of what creates this prison, this Mononoke in her own head. Oh, yeah. And I mean, there is also uh, flashbacks uh, with her and her mother uh, later on when she's married and she's trying to tell her mom, like, you know, I'm I'm super unhappy. Yeah. Like, this is the worst. And all her mom can say is, you know, you know, I can't wait to, to see my grandson you should have a grandson yeah that kind of stuff so yeah i I guess the way i i would kind of say is uh is it is that she did probably you know kill herself uh and like i i assume you know mononoke don't form immediately so ocho might have been on her way to become one um or something like that and that's why that's where kusuriuri comes in like, that's kind of the read I had on yeah, it. Yeah, like, There's so many ways you can read this. This is the only episode where he doesn't slay Ocho, right? Like, he doesn't slay any Mononoke. No. He lets no, her he live. Slay any. Yeah. So, is this Kasuriyuri, uh kind of saying that not all Mononoke deserve to be slain? Or is this him kind of saying you're not a Mononoke yet, but you could be creating one? And this is him trying to stop mm-hmm. that creation from occurring. I don't really have an answer there. Yeah, I, I don't think any. I think that's kind of what makes this arc interesting, is that, you know, there's no clear-cut, you know, ending to it. Yeah, no matter how morbid it seems, I kind of lean towards her killing herself. Uh, yeah, because oh, I, of, I mean, I do too. Yeah, because of the motif where Kasuriyori is continually asking, who did you kill? And finally, the answer mm-hmm. resolves to uh, him holding up a mirror. And Ocho right. says something along like myself. Well, it it also there's also um hints that like this husband drove um you know women to that because his first wife killed herself. So I didn't remember uh, that detail. Yeah, they actually they 
because he was he was previously married and like when they're right, talking right. him and his family are talking in the garden so he's like you know i i had to because my last wife killed herself it's like but that's something you should be boasting about. i mean that's <laughs> that solidifies it for me at least ocho killed herself she didn't just escape yeah that that's that's pretty much where where i came from with that and and that's why i think ocho was like a mononoke in the making and maybe uh Yuri's intervention stopped her from you know from fully going there and maybe passing on or something like that mm-hmm. i don't know well then yeah, they like, repeated a couple times too was uh if you think you're trapped your room becomes a prison if you wish to stay it becomes a castle yeah so you might yeah. be trying to get her to make a decision if she wants to move on or not hmm well I- I don't know, because he's almost like convincing her to stay, but just changing her mindset. Yeah. You know? It's like, maybe it's something along the lines of, you created this prison, and you're here forever. If you continue to think of this as a prison, you'll become a Mononoke or something. But if you think of this as a castle, this could be your resting place or something. Because he repeats that several times. He does. There was also... I wish I took notes on this. There was... I don't know if you guys felt this. This may be a little out there, but I almost sensed some sort of, I don't know whether I'd call it romance between Ocho and Kasuri Yuri. Hmm. Yeah, I wish there was, there was some line that was, that almost seemed to imply that, uh, you know, Ocho may have had some feelings towards Kasuri Yuri, or it was just used as a metaphor for uh, Ocho just wanting to escape and you know well a lot of the uh, not a lot of the females but uh, another female does actually comment that she thinks kasuri Yuri is very handsome even though yeah kayo you know, but yeah uh no it's not not, not kayo it's uh future kayo uh, <laughs> uh what's her name again uh chio chio mm-hmm. yeah future kayo future kayo yeah <laughs> i mean i I actually think, and I know this is skipping ahead a whole arc, but I think that's kind of the point. I think it's supposed to be like a descendant of Kayo. Oh, I mean, I guess that would make sense why she, A, is in completely different dress and, and B, looks a lot like Kayo. So, well, yeah, I guess so. Yeah, and we also get this huge time gap. Like, first arc is like still the age of prostitutes and ends, I guess. Uh, but the last arc, we have trains. Well, okay, so the my read on that was uh like the the brothel closing and, and to trains was um Meiji Republic into Taisho era. Huh. So like this is this is Japan uh a- after the Boshi War, Japan enters a like a, uh a massive uh industrial age. Like they they industrialize and modernize faster than pretty much any. I I'm not confident in saying any civilization in history, but sure, it, they're up there. They're they're they industrialize very very quickly and become a modern nation very very quickly. And this is why a lot of you see a lot of um, anime set in the Meiji Taisho era because that's kind of like that was a golden age for them. Um, you know, that's really interesting so, because my whole my whole take was oh this implies that Kisuriyori is doesn't age or something i mean but, that that's entirely possible too it, it it's very possible that because japan doesn't change for a good like like after 
after Sengoku Jidai, you know, when the Tokugawa Shogun takes over, Japan really, I, w- I won't say they don't change because, you know, stuff does happen, but they they stay largely the same, you know, like uh, architecture wise and stuff like that for yeah. a good 200, 300 years. So gotcha. you could be right. It's really hard to, uh, unless you see, you know, like the very telltale signs of like modern, like, suits with like japanese architecture when you see that like i guess not modern suits but you know like modern for like the late 1800s early 1900s then you're Mm -hmm. like okay we're in the meiji era or if you see those like military type like schoolboy outfits then you're like okay that's like taisho era um okay but but, like this yeah no your your read can 100 percent be correct because i i just kind of figured that it was in a very narrow timeline but it could totally be uh, that Chio is like a descendant of of Kaios from years and years. I kind of like that anyway. too because like Kaio, her fear was to not ever fall in love. So like, what if she mm. didn't find love, got pregnant, you know, had a kid? Oh, was, that's nice. It's Chio. That's a really that's <laughs> a really nice wholesome story. Yeah. <laughs> in the middle of a horror anime. <laughs> could be. She's yeah, fine. and you know what. I think that's one of the things, and we'll we'll get to it in our impressions. That I think we all can say we really like is is that it leaves room for impression. Um, but uh, okay, so faceless monster leaves a lot of room for impression. It does. Uh, but the next arc um, leaves a lot less. Um, but it's I, I wouldn't say it's bad. Uh, Japanese chimera uh, is the next arc. <coughs> Excuse me, and uh, this place takes. Or this place. This arc takes place, there we go, in a, uh, uh, like a Japanese style mansion. Um, the whole thing is animated in, in kind of a, a monochrome, uh, coloring scheme. Um, we have, uh, three main characters aside from Kasuri Uri. Um, there is, uh, Tomoyoshi Muromachi, who's a samurai, uh, Tansui Naka, uh, Nakarai, uh, who is a merchant and wears a weird nose cone. I believe I, I compared him to Mr. Rossetti. <laughs> yes. <laughs> <laughs> you did. <laughs> and then uh, Robo Osawa, who is a noble of some sort? I don't remember. Yeah, he he's a Muppet. He can be cone. anything. He had like the purple cone hat. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Uh, all the of them reason... have their own like little colored trinkets, the the nose yeah, cone, the hat, and I that. think it was the sword for the uh, yeah samurai guy. That is interesting. I I didn't notice that at all. Like, and when you mentioned it, I was like, oh yeah. I just kind of i I kind of took for granted that it was winter. That I, that that's kind of like well, I took for granted the monochrome aspect because I was like, oh, it's winter, so you know, mm-hmm. it makes sense for the feel of like winter in a snowy castle. Yeah. And um, I believe Kasutiyuri is in color as well. Like I don't think he's monochrome. Uh, I'm not yeah, sure. I remember. Uh, but uh, I think yeah, I think we would have noticed more, or at least I would have noticed more if Kasutiyuri was monochrome. So yeah, he probably was in color. Right. Because um, he is vibrant. Not, he's not terribly colorful in his face and stuff like that, but he is more vibrant than most characters. Yeah. I mean, it's yeah. like those face coloring tattoo purple. It's... Yeah, whatever they are. <laughs> makeup, yeah. His makeup. Um, apparently that's what Japanese women like. 
<laughs> because they keep calling him handsome. But um, uh, so so they're all there. Uh, Kasuda Yudi and these three guys are there uh, by invitation of a noblewoman who lives there, who's named uh, Rurihime, or I guess Princess uh, Rudi, who is the head of a I don't know, remember what they call it, but a smelling school? <laughs> Fun Koji school is what I have written down. Yeah, it, it's like um it's like a how do I put this? Like an ins like an a school where, where they make incense and like the people are supposed to know smells really, really well. Which is a baffling concept for me who has no <laughs> sense of smell to begin with. Uh, all of you weirdos with your ability to smell things. Uh, sorry, but um, Carlos, they listen to the scents, not smell them. That is so true. It, so they, they're they're all these guys are there because they want to marry this princess, and Kusuri is there because he's Kusuri, and he's just where he's not supposed to be all the time. <laughs> um, and the way in which Rudy Hime is going to pick her her future husband is by having them play a game, whereby. They smell different aromas, and they stack colored tiles to show what scent it was, or which ones are similar to others. It yeah. was very confusing. They like use some the like of Genji. they they use like these Jenga pieces to kind of connect the scents that, <laughs> that are similar. Are. They could have just played Jenga. <laughs> yeah, I mean it's basically an incense battle royale. Like four yeah. men enter, one man leaves. We never see who wins either. We do see that when they're competing, uh, Tomoyoshi, the samurai, has no fucking clue. Well, <laughs> uh, uh, I think if you just uh, look not- at who's left at the end of the arc, Kasuriyori is definitely the winner. Probably. <laughs> yeah, because Nakarai and, and Osawa, like during their bits, like they're uh, more confident than the samurai, but not by much. And mm-hmm. they're less willing to just do what he did which was like fuck it they're all the same smell all the smelling <laughs> scenes were really cool though like the they were visual effects they kind of use as they're kind of exploring the scent and picturing their right. mind like what this smells like do you remember i i do remember now like whenever they they inhaled like whenever they like they took a, a whiff of whatever it was they would actually like become colorized for a yeah. little bit yeah, I remember being interested in that. Samurai just thought one was horse dung one time. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, he would know that smell. I think. Yeah. Um. So yeah, they're all trying to uh, to do this. Uh, eventually, they you know they finish. I think they finish one round, and they're kind of told to come back. Uh, and uh, you're gonna have to remind me like the timeline for this, but uh. Rurihime is just dead. I think there's like a scream and they all go to see what's going on. And uh yeah, Rurihime is very, very dead. Mm-hmm. And so now it becomes kind of a Well, I would say it becomes a whodunit, but it doesn't really, because immediately after seeing the body, the three suitors uh kind of lose their fucking minds. Yeah, they just like, start looking looting. for Yeah. Uh looking for it's like a piece. It's like a piece. Harry, no. Was it Todaiji? Is that what it was called? Todaiji. Yes, that sounds familiar. Which 
from my memory, is just a very fragrant, fragrant wood. Yeah. But whoever obtains yeah. it will become ruler of the world. Yes, and Verihime has it, I guess. Or at least yeah. it, is, it is in her estate. And whoever were to marry rare, her yeah. would, I guess, inherit it at some level. Yes, yeah, so they didn't really care about her. They just wanted the Todaiji. Yes. Uh, so, yeah. Um, and, and apparently this is, it's like, you know, like you said, uh, it's valuable enough to be like a power play kind of uh, to, Yeah, to be thing. killed over. Yeah. Uh, the rest of the show, like, so we kind of start getting, um, actually, they, well, they, the Mononoke, like, so after that, the medicine peddler starts his own game where he gives yeah, yeah. everyone two cents, the Kaguya and the old man. And then he'll give them five cents, and they must identify the two that he gave them before. And then he goes, oops, I put Oleander in one, it'll kill you. Yeah. <laughs> so they're, they're playing, they're playing smelling Russian roulette or something yeah, like exactly. that. Yeah, exactly. And, and um, but every time they take a whiff, you know, to, to see if it's the uh, Oleander or not, uh, they're confronted with their past. Um. Yeah. So, uh, Tomoyoshi, I think he's the first one. I I don't remember the timeline, but I do remember m most of their past. Yes. Yeah. The first one uh, is the uh, samurai. Uh. So the samurai takes a whiff, and and he's confronted with he came to this this um mansion in the past with you know the uh, expectation of trying to marry Rudihime and. He was confronted by the weirdest looking character I've ever seen, a Koranari Chisanji. Yeah. Who mm -hmm. I have written down as diseased Voldemort because he really looks like Voldemort with liver spots. Um, <laughs> it's so weird. It, but, like, you know, this guy, and he's very, he's overly confident for a person who looks like he does, honestly. Um, <laughs> It's just, uh, that's me really mean but god this character <laughs> just awful looking just awful to look at um it's okay, okay. he doesn't last long <laughs> stop it he's so, already dead <laughs> so this guy is is like giving the samurai shit tomoyoshi he's you know he's like you know like oh you can't you know you can't identify smells which is just, just it's such a weird boast i am such a good smeller like congratulations <laughs> Here, take a whiff of this fart. Um, like, I don't know why you'd be that happy about I mean, this that. This is why the samurai is your favorite character from this arc, right? I think so. Yeah, <laughs> because it's, it's relatable. Why would why would you? Uh, okay, someone in a room has a gun. You walk in there and you do you immediately start talking down to this person, like a trained killer, like. This guy's got a sword. He's literally trained to murder people. Why would you incest? Like, because th this is what he does. Like, uh, Koronari comes in here and he's like, talk shit on the samurai for a good, like, three minutes. Just, I'm like, really mean about, like, how he's a piece of shit. And the samurai does what samurai do. He fucking whips out his katana and he's like, all right, well, I might not be good at smelling, but neither are you anymore. <laughs> it's such a stupid uh, boast. It's like it's going so up to a murderer, dumb. like, bet you can't pass this eye exam. 
course you're gonna get shot. <laughs> oh god, I I actually <laughs> I did love that bit, but like because you know Tomoyoshi was faced with it, he um does he just like disappear? Or yeah, they like, just vanish. How? It's like there's, yeah, they just, yep. just like they straight up and just vanish. You see him, and then he's just like the next frame. He's just gone. No yeah. effects, nothing. He's just disappeared. Okay, good. I, I'm glad I didn't miss any. Which is I, such I, I a beautiful way to do a character death. Like, legitimately, it's it's actually kind of a scarier way to do a character death than actually showing them, you know, like, blood, guts, and viscera. Oh, yeah. Just, no, I agree. No, I I, I am more for Creeping Dread than, than I am for, for visceral Absolutely. Um, and I think from no, a sound I, design I, perspective, this arc does that extremely well. That yeah, whole this, show yeah, does it nuts. well, but this arc in particular. Um, I th- okay. Nakurai was Nakurai was second. Nakurai was second. He was given okay, burnt good. hair. <laughs> yeah. Uh. So Nakurai was uh. You know. Again, he was also a suitor for Ruruhime, and he went to Ruruhime uh, during the competition and tried to change his answer. Which he also tried to bargain his his way into. Oh yeah! Like, I remember, oh man, these guys don't actually care about you. Like I actually love you. Yeah, yeah. But he happens to open the door, and Rurihime is having a tryst with I don't know somebody. It was a picture uh, of a man. It, yeah, it was just a picture of a dude. Um, <laughs> it was a body. So pillow. he. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god! That was probably that's probably true. They probably <laughs> like they probably use pictures as body pillows. Like that was their body pillow. In that just era. like a, a canvas as a body pillow. Oh god! I need to I need to write a paper on that. I need to like I need to find out like uh, that's. <laughs> I like that your first I, instinct is oh I need to do so much research. <laughs> I, I do. <laughs> I need to go over. I, there has to be precedent. There has to be precedent for body pillows. That 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 wasn't born in a vacuum. That has to be there has to be like ancient precedent for people having like some kind of idol next to the bed of the thing they want to fuck. Dude, I think the, I think <laughs> the first appearance of that is probably like the pet rock, right? Like they just put googly <laughs> eyes on some shit. <laughs> oh my god. Okay. All right. That's we'll shelve that for another day. Anyway. <laughs> yeah, he goes off um, to stabbing her with hairpins. Yeah, really. Yeah. Probably killed the dude too. Yeah. Um Okay, this one I I I actually don't remember. Uh, Osawa the noble, he takes a whiff, and I can't remember what his. It's was, just so the we... oleander, and he dies. Yeah, <laughs> I I think he's the only one without serious? a pass. Yeah. yeah, you can see oleander runs out of the pl- out of the place, and uh, he trips and falls on his neck as he like leaves the mansion, and he just dies. <laughs> and then the Mononoke starts talking to, no, the Pelos starts talking to us. Like towards yeah. us, yeah. It's like in a really weird sequence because it turns out the Mononoke is actually the Oleander, right? Uh, the Todaiji, I believe. The Todai, no, yeah, the Todaiji itself. Yeah, and the Todaiji, because of all the greed around it, has mm-hmm. kind of formed into its own Mononoke, and everybody who we have met thus far was already dead. What has been dead for a long, long time, uh, but this. Uh, Todaiji Mononoke has been replaying this over and over again, luring new people into um, the the mansion. And we see that the mansion is actually, you know, a dilapidated um, 
structure at this point because it's been so long since uh, it fell over, which I guess, mm, no, that, that still doesn't really set our timeline because, I mean, there was ancient structures that were dilapidated yeah, it's, long into it is It is pretty vague, China. yeah. Yeah. But, uh, but yeah, so, you know, now he's got, if, if I'm not missing anything, now he's got, you know, um, truth, truth, reason, and shape. Uh, yeah and he, he proceeds to uh to cleanse the area of the todaiji yeah we see like a whole yard is just full of headstones which you know good guy mononoke actually burying his victims <laughs> yeah thanks uh, wood pretty good for a piece of wood thanks wood <laughs> <laughs> hey you know now the ren and stimpy you know song you know <laughs> of log it makes sense because you know apparently logs can actually do good stuff for you um it's better very, than bad it's murderous that is, that is a fucking nickelodeon deep cut i'm sorry oh. now, if, if you're too young to remember that reference go listen to the log song and wonder at the fucking batshit craziness of 90s cartoons dude what's crazy um, is that i know exactly what you're talking about <laughs> i've never seen ren and stimpy but i'm pretty sure i know what you're talking about <laughs> yeah we're all okay <laughs> All of us '90s kids. Anyway, uh, okay. Yeah, let's Ren and Stimpy and Looney Tunes didn't like mess with their heads and make us terrible people. You know, I did recently <laughs> drop an anvil on a guy. Uh, that did happen. No, I'm just joking. Uh, <laughs> but he bounced. He, like, he popped back he, up again, right? Yeah, he, he popped back. Yeah, yeah he had to, like a, you know the big old welt on his head. Yeah, he, he made the his thumb, noise, and then he like he uh, yeah he pulls <laughs> into his thumb, <laughs> <placed> himself. <laughs> so. I kind of I have a quick question for you guys on this arc on arc four Japanese Chimera. Okay. Why Chimera? Because well, at one point question. he talks about Nue, which is a Japanese Chimera, with right? The head of a monkey, body of a tiger, and tail of a snake. So is that reference to the three guys? I think that's one of the reason why one of the reasons why each of the three guys has one colored piece of them. Oh, and in different places. Yes. Because the merchant is is the crane or whatever the bird thing. Uh the what was it? The samurai would be the tiger and what was the third one? That would snake. probably be snake of monkey leaf? tiger and snake. Monkey tiger. Okay, well, well the hat. Make... I don't know. I don't know. It's confusing. That's the only yeah. thing in my notes I really have that inspires that any kind of chimera. Is yeah, I think the new way. Yeah, I think the chimera part just probably comes from there just being three people participating, and they all have you know that one colored bit to kind of represent it. There's got to be more to it than that. There's probably yeah, I mean, there's is. definitely. I mean, and and that's one one of the the interesting things about analyzing Japanese media is. Um, like different cultures have different ways of. I, I think I mentioned this on the cast before, but like uh, red usually in most cultures, like when you know uh, an author uses that, they're like it's a symbol of like passion and stuff like that. But green can mean different things. Like green for us here in the West is like you know envy, disease, stuff like that. But in like the East, it could mean something completely different. And in, in like the Middle East, like green is a holy color. So really, like wow. like I wonder if like aspects of like tigers snakes like or tiger was tiger monkey snake like if each of these characters had an aspect of that like i could see uh the samurai being an aspect of the tiger being you know um you know that he was i guess 
willing to kill people. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> but like, you know, um, I, I just, I don't know where, how, I guess maybe the, in that case, the merchant would be the snake because he tried to, you know, get one over on the other guys. And this is, this is really out there, but Osawa, the, the noble guy, maybe he was the monkey because he was a goofy bastard and he died in a goofy way. Uh, um. <laughs> I don't know. That that's me reaching. That's me super reaching. But like, I can I can definitely see that. Yeah, yeah. Like there being some kind of analytical way of 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 showing why it's a chimera, or it could be a mistranslation. Was it actually was it actually you know Nihon no chimera, or was it like Nihon no, and then there was a word, and maybe they translated into chimera, but that's like just the closest word we have. Well, I think for whatever that is, like Kube mentioned, since they brought up Nue. I think that would kind of solidify that it's that it's a proper translation of Chimera. Hmm. I mean, they do have Chimera, and like it's it is an that's another interesting thing is that every uh, every culture has a like Chimera story, right? I mean, it's not hard to imagine you know ancient humans being like you know it would be scary if you had like a tiger mixed with a snake mixed with a monkey or whatever. Um. But Japanese chimeras sound a little different mm. than than Western ones. Okay, uh, final arc, uh, Goblin Ooh. Cat. Yeah, Goblin this one was cat. interesting. So this one starts off with a train journey. Actually, this one starts off with a a very clear murder. Yeah, we actually see the murder first. Um, where we see a, a woman, a hero woman, fall from a considerable height and then we see her uh somewhat mangled body lying on the the on train tracks still somewhat alive and then she you know yeah uh, is very much screaming, not etc etc yeah as we and do then, and then she's very much not alive when the train decides to um continue over her corpse uh and then we go to another, like, to a train journey, uh, like, a, this, it's shown to be like a, like a big event, I guess. Yeah, the opening of a newly completed subway line. Yeah, yeah. Um, I, I think maybe even their first subway line, because they're, you know, talking about it, like, yeah. it's like this, this new incredible thing. Um, and uh, the characters for this one. Uh, are separated into different train cars based on their station. Um, there is uh, Jutaro Fukuda, uh, who is a like apparently the mayor of wherever we are. Um, I'm going to assume Tokyo, or yeah, it's probably called Tokyo at this point. It's not Edo anymore. Uh, if they did change eras, uh, if it is that, that would lead credence to the whole Chio is Kaya's daughter. <laughs> Because they were heading um, for Edo. Yeah, you know, I was oh, I was actually huh. just thinking about that. Now I, I need to look up when Tokyo started being called Tokyo and stopped being called Edo. I, I'll I'll look at that up in a bit. Um, ha. Huh, okay, eighteen sixty eight. That's when Edo was Tokyo was originally called Edo. Its name changed to Tokyo when it became the imperial capital. Eighteen sixty eight. So yeah, they I definitely I didn't have trains. I'm I'm willing to say that that yeah that that that's probably where it's at then. Damn, we made the connection. Chio's twenty one. Um, yeah, okay. she is. She is. I remember her saying that. 
yeah, she she doesn't look like a twenty one year old, and, no. and the kid in this one doesn't look like a kid. <laughs> um, uh, we'll get through the rest. of There's a, uh, I won't get to her just yet. Um, there's uh, Sakawa Kowaki, who's a detective. I believe he's in the first cart with the mayor. Uh, Bunpei uh, Kinoshita, who is the train conductor, who is well conducting the damn train. Um, Masayo Kobayashi, who is a little kid who desperately wants to be in the rich cart, even though I don't really see a massive difference between poor and rich, aside from number of people in the cart. He wants to be further up in the train. Uh, <laughs> Kiyoshi uh, Moria, who is uh, a reporter uh, who is along for the train journey. He like very briefly interviews the mayor. Um uh, Chio Nomoto, who we've been talking about, who is possibly Kyle's descendant, who is a waitress and is apparently 21, but who looks like she's like 14. And uh, Haru Yamaguchi, um, who is an older looking woman. She's 35. Not, not elderly. They all gave their ages for some reason. <laughs> yeah. Um, at some point in the train journey, Everybody fucking disappears, except for these characters, and all these characters are moved to the rich cart. Like, teleported there. Yeah. Like, now you see me, now you don't. Um, and and this kind of... Oh, and I, yeah, of course, how, do, how could I forget? Kusikuri is there, because, again, he is always there. Um, yeah, <laughs> if I... At this point in my life, if I ever see someone who looks like him, I'm I'm going the other way. <laughs> <laughs> Probably means you're already no, dead. You need to go towards him because he'll save you. <laughs> well, maybe I'll, uh, in this arc, we'll get into it. But um, after you know that whole thing, it, it becomes kind of a well, what the fuck just happened, you know? And then oddly, like it, they oddly focus too on uh, people being where they're not supposed to be in the train. <laughs> It's like, uh, guy, where is everybody? <laughs> um, I think actually they do see people in the poor cart. But um, like when they open the door, there's no car there. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, uh, you know, a lot of weird shit going on with this train, and they're kind of trying to, trying to figure out uh, what's going on. Um, I don't, I don't remember the exact timeline of events, but. So, like, there was the whole, they're all in the front car, and then the mayor is trying, then the, the, the woman and the girl uh, are trying to, okay, okay, we'll go back to our car then. So they try to go open the door, but it won't open. Then the mayor comes over, he tries, <laughs> he's able to open it, and then all the cars are gone, and then I think he my just, like, falls line, out the back. <laughs> my favorite line from that is... I'll I'll have them make doors that are easier to open for women. I don't like yeah. that is that Such is a, a subtly, a little subtly sexist. sexist dig. Such a mayor. <laughs> Always helping the people, Carlos. Born leader. But is that where is that where we just lose the mayor? Uh, because yeah, the train was so. stopped. Yeah. Um, yeah. Because he slammed the brakes because he saw someone on the track, so the, the car uh, stops it. So he gets the door open, and then the train starts moving, and he just falls out the back, and we never see him again. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I guess I guess I don't remember a whole lot because he he doesn't have his repentant moment, but now they're freaking out uh, because you know weird shit's going on. I believe at this time when everybody's kind of thrown off balance and like thrown to the floor, 
uh, when the train stops suddenly is when Haru hears a voice saying, I'll never forgive you, which yeah. I believe that happens at that point, which kind of sparks yeah. the whole, that starts the supernatural aspect of everything. Yeah. She starts screaming. You know, so what's wrong with you? Yeah. And then the peddler, like, peddler's not there yet because he's, like, walking up the train, like, the rest of the cars, and then, like, he gets back up to the train, comes in, and then, like, the rest of the train is gone again. It's, it's, it was really weird. <laughs> I don't... But, but, from, but from this point, pretty much onward, it's like, um... And he just declares that the mayor is killed yeah. <laughs> when he shows up. And then yeah. it's a modern okay. Yeah. It's um, like, okay. And they're all trying to figure out, you know, what they're what what ties each other uh together. Uh and I don't remember how the murder comes out, but um there was a murder of the well the the one that we watched early in the first episode of a woman named uh Setsuko Ichikawa, who was a a fairly zealous reporter who mm-hmm. was trying to uncover uh corruption in the you know mayor's office um and uh you know in typical mobster fashion she was uh silenced somehow well we should say that it was reported as a suicide it was yeah so. which is and, i think it comes up when uh, the te- the detective is trying to figure out why it's them are the only ones left in this car and they're trying to figure out how they know each other and you know there was the reporter uh what was the reporter's name where is he? Uh, Kiyoshi oh, uh, Moria. Kiyoshi Moria. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he he was the one that actually wrote the article of the suicide, and then the detective uh, interviewed all these people, and Kasuriyori comes up, and this becomes his outlet in order to figure out the uh, shape, truth, and reason behind this perceived mononoke. Well, the, and I, I think the first one that get, that like kind of has a like a moment of like uh i i guess kind of repentance where you know is is actually maso because maso didn't get interviewed but it's because he didn't get interviewed that um that uh the mononoke is angry with him because maso is a little kid maso on his paper route actually actually saw what happened but he kept quiet right and because he kept quiet like the Mononoke made his eyes like super duper itchy, and he's like, he's actually like dig, like gouging into like his fucking eyes and stuff like that. It's pretty. pretty yeah, weird. that uh, all the characters at some point start just scratching themselves in different areas for each character, depending on how, depending on what their proximity to this supposed suicide was. So mm-hmm. Masao, he gouged out his eyes because he saw it. Uh, Haru started. Uh, scraping off her ears because she heard it. Uh, Chio um, said something Chio about it. Scratched so, her lips. Yeah, yeah. She lied about it. Um, who else? Uh, the train conductor. I think he was just scratching he, his arms. Maybe something because he he f- like f- fell asleep at the wheel. Yeah, and and could have stopped the train before running over. Although, I mean, to be fair. Did you know early train stop on a dime? I don't know, but I kind of doubt it. Um, but, no, they I mean, most surely didn't stop on a dime. He probably yeah. shouldn't have been asleep. 
Uh, so yeah. you know he was punished for that. Um, and then what? And... Uh, what kind of gives the ending away if you catch it is Moria, who is scratching his entire body. Yeah, yeah. Because so that... he's the one who actually, who actually killed her. Yeah, he's the one that pushed her off the bridge. So yeah. it was reported as a suicide by the guy who killed her. So, I mean, like all the other people, uh, I mean, they're all uh, fairly, I mean, they're, they're varying degrees of bad. I, I should say, Maso, he's just a kid. Uh, like, and he should have come forward and said something, but he's, he's like, he didn't want to be in trouble or, I don't know, something like that. Yeah, he's probably the um, most innocent. Of the, Not yeah. to say that, you know, Chio or Haru are evil, right? Well, Haru... Haru heard it, and Haru was post-coitus and just wanted to go to sleep. Now, <laughs> living in the city that I live in, if I heard something outside <laughs> my window, I'd probably just fucking close my window, too. Yeah. I, I sympathize with Haru. Like, if she, like, I don't think she lied. Well, okay, she lied by omission because she wasn't supposed to be there. Because she's a widow, she's supposed to be living with her mother-in-law and you know not engaging in sexual acts with anybody but she's got a yeah. lover so she sneaks out and you know goes net i sympathize with her quite a bit because it's like you know that life kind of sucks totally um and although you know and, and if she'd reported she would have outed herself so yeah it's it's bad but it, it's not as bad as it could have been chio actively fucking lied and was bribed to lie yeah Um, she's mostly a famous actress so she thought like getting access to the newspaper would get her attention and you know she can spin that from there i i love that they have that uh that uh, stereotype too in japan like the waitress trying to become an actress (laughs) (laughs) i thought that was just like a hollywood you know america thing uh but yeah so chio actively lied yeah she did um and uh again the train conductor i i've already went over his thing but um yeah he's pretty just what could he have done in that moment right like, yeah uh the detective uh Karawaki, he i think is very ha- has a lot of blame on his shoulders not because he did anything but because he was very lazy in his detective work yeah it's it what seemed, he did i couldn't do. really tell I couldn't really tell if he was actively corrupt because he was the he was the one bribing Chio to be like, "Hey, I need you to make this statement," mm-hmm. or if he was just incompetent and really effing lazy. I think he was. I, I think it was both, because in the beginning he just looks over at uh, Setsuko's body and like, "Yep, that's a suicide, all right." And then he goes to interview people. So yeah, he I, already I had this if, preconceived notion that it was a suicide. And I don't think he was willing to go against his judgment. But the fact that he's, but the fact that he was a detective a in the detective. rich cart, in the yes. in the rich cart, leads me to believe that he was in the mayor's pocket. Yeah, and oh, when that's the mayor fair. Got that's the, fair. When the mayor got the word from from Moria that you know, oh, you know, she's dead. You know, the mayor was like, "Hey, I'll take care of it." Called up, you know, the police station and be like, "Hey, suicide over here." You know. That kind of thing. Yeah, you could be so, right on that. That's kind of the read I, I had into it, but I could also see the other read of him just being a complete doofus. Yeah, at that point, we should probably mention what actually was the reason she was killed. Yeah. So, uh, Setsuko was uh, uh, trying to 
uncover corruption in the, the mayor's office. I think I mentioned that before. Um, and like she was, you know, really, really zealous about this uh, actually getting in because Moria isn't just a reporter. He's like the editor for the paper and on top of being, you know, a reporter. And she kept coming to him with the story and he kept putting it off and putting it off and putting it off. And finally, he gave her the go ahead to to write uh, her story. And he said it would be on the front page. Yeah. So he, he put her up in a hotel, you know, and told her to write through the night. Uh, she wrote everything she could. And uh, smartly, I think it's revealed later, but this is a spoiler cast, uh, smartly stowed um, a copy of her writing away uh, when Mordia called her and was like, hey, uh, I need to see what you've written. So he calls her over to this bridge uh, and, you know, they look over um, the writing and uh, he basically says, no, we're not going to print this. Uh, yeah, he burns it. I, I yeah. do wonder if he was genuine before and then like the mayor, detective, whatever contacted him. Maybe if he told them I don't think he was ever genuine. No, I I don't think so as well. So I think the purpose behind him sending her to a hotel, well, his his stated purpose was that this needs to remain a secret so that, you know, nobody can mess with you. But I think his actual purpose was if anybody else finds out about it, they might write something. If he keeps that information to her, he controls the information. Yeah. and, And also by letting her write out the full report, he will then know all the dirt she has on him so she can make a report to the mayor so the mayor can do a little bit of cover-up work on all the stuff that she's going to report on. Right, And but the reason that she did die was because she kept an extra copy of other evidence. Mm-hmm. Is as soon and as she, she, she exposed she, that, as soon as she said, I have this more evidence back here and I'll just get it to, I'll just get someone else to publish it, that's when, you know, a fight breaks out that eventually ends in her being pushed off of the bridge onto the train tracks. Right. And, uh, hmm. Yeah, no, the, uh, probably not the best idea if you have a secret plan to reveal secret plan, you know, to <laughs> person who's now a bad guy. But yeah, so yeah. Uh, that that leads to her death. Um, I it, it seemed fairly unintentional. Uh, but yeah, it looked like uh that yeah he didn't mean to do it. He had her like pinned over the bridge, like kind of leaning off the side, and she seemed unconscious. And then when she kind of like tried to grab at him, he flipped her heels over, and she fell head first. Yeah. Um. So you know because of that. She came back as a mon- as a trained Mononoke, which sounds terrifying. Uh, and, ghost train, uh, ghost train, and uh, she decided to take her revenge out on all the people who had wronged her. Um, this this arc wraps up so fast because it's like we get the reveal, we get the whole like backstory thing. Um, then we get like the uh, Heather's like pulls this. You know, opening up the sword. Then we get this hard cut to Moria back on the train, and he's apologizing to Setsuko. Then Setsuko's there. The Mesin Peddler swings his sword, and then it's credits. Yep. And that is but the in ED. those credits is we see 
like halfway through we start seeing like some of the characters bringing flowers to the bridge and stuff which kind of implies that they didn't actually some die of, some of them survived yeah yeah because there's Mas- a certain Maso... go ahead oh sorry uh yeah there's no, a certain didn't. point where there's a cut where you uh where after it's just custodian he left in the car there's a cut where you just see all of their corpses so yeah, without like that ending scene, platform. yeah, yeah, you you would just assume they're all dead, but you know that that post credit scene kind of says, oh, okay, they survived. Right. Well, I mean, I the ones I remember seeing alive were Maso, uh, Chio, and Haru. Uh, the detective and the conductor were alive too, because like the detective was interviewing the train conductor in one of the the scenes. So I'm gonna assume I I assume that the mayor and the the and uh, Moria are dead. Yeah, I, th- I think Moria. <laughs> yeah, I, I think those two are the ones that we don't see again. Yeah, uh, but like you know, so I, I kind of like that because like it it was more teaching a lesson to the other ones and just killing the ones that you know were directly involved in the death. They're dead yeah. or they're in jail or that. Yeah, because it's in, like entirely possible that they they grabbed uh they they found um uh her second copy. And you know oh, we're able yeah. to to bring evidence, um, because nobody was tried. And, Maybe the most you know, guilty, yeah. Because you have the corrupt mayor and the detective who actually pushed her off the bridge, intentional or not. Yeah. So I have to say that this was probably my favorite arc. It was I mine too. Ones, and but this one was my favorite. Yeah, judging by the the two reviews uh, minus mine uh, that we have to go over in a bit. Um, you know, Crash and Demo. That's this is also their favorite arc. Yeah, it was just a, it was a really good whodunit. Um, so I have a question. A question that is exactly the same as the one I asked about arc four. Uh, so she is like a cat-based Mononoke, for lack of a better word, because hmm. a cat licked her blood and then was run over by the train uh, along with her corpse. So, mm-hmm. why a cat? Uh, that's an, that's another like Japanese thing. Really? Um, okay. Well, I mean, it, it's I, I that's that's the that's the most generic answer I could have given you because I don't really I don't know entirely, but mm-hmm. uh, I see it used over J- and over again in anime. Japan, yeah, Japan has a lot of mythology around animals. I mean, we, we see it a lot with with foxes, right? Foxes yeah. can either be like really good spirits or like trickster gods mostly trickster gods kind of thing um so it's it's kind of a cultural thing and like it's you know the reason uh i mean cats are like a a big staple of japan too so um hell what was it uh uh uh, there you go Mm -hmm. the monogatari series i mean a cat plays a huge part in, oh yeah with black hanakawa <laughs> yeah with hanakawa yeah so and you know that all starts with a dead cat so it's probably it probably has something to do with some kind of um japanese folklore involving cats that you know like so they're very maybe, vengeful yeah 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 or at least they gotcha. help people get vent get revenge yeah okay um and i kind of wonder if that's just like cats are shallow if that's based on observation, yeah, because like if you piss a cat off, they'll come back and get you eventually. <laughs> I, I, 
I do it to Jackson all the time. And then every now and again, I'll be like, why'd you scratch me? I'm like, oh, it's probably for that thing I did yesterday. Um, <laughs> but uh, yeah, yeah, that that's a a Japanese folklore thing, if I had to guess. I'd, I'd be interested to read into it, but I'm not sure how many sources I'd find that are fully translated and I don't trust my own yeah, I've been, powers of translation. Yeah, I've been trying to think of, you know, any symbolism within the arc that may relate to cats in some way, but uh, at least with my limited knowledge of Japanese folklore, there's none really come to mind. Yeah, I do wonder if there's just a, like a, a, like a, you know, we have like well-known tales here in the States and yeah. you know, or wherever you come from of like, you know, like horror stories or like, you know, stuff to essentially scare the kids into being good. Um, I, I wonder if there's a one about it, like cats and, and some kind of vengeful spirit or I don't know. Yeah, the thing and, is too, it's pretty much every time that cats are used that way in anime from my memory, it's always stray cats. Mm. Hmm. Like, there's like some distinction there between a stray cat and a cat with a home. And domestic cat, yeah. Domestic cats are shown in a much more positive light. <laughs> uh, but yeah, uh, so that was the end. I mean, like no, no big, you know, like farewell episode. It's just this is the end of an arc and this is the end of our anime. That weird samurai from the boat like never comes back and kills a people. <laughs> yeah. That would have been a great idea. If he's probably dead, if 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 we're if we're if we're sticking with the idea that you know this is, um, you know I can't believe I didn't make that distinction. If if we're in the Taisho era at the end, there wouldn't be any more samurai. Or not sam not samurai in the sense that kill people was actually I take that back. Yep, nope. Take it back. Not ones with long hair. There you go. They would have at least cut their hair. But, I mean, the quote-unquote samurai class was still killing people with swords uh, in the, in the, uh, or at least executing people with swords in the uh, the, the, the Russo-Japanese War. And then uh, more gruesomely in World War II. (laughs) So. Sorry, my, my brain's like, I'm, I'm, <laughs> no, I'm, no, you have it's... me trying to like, trying to connect Twice. history with this. Yeah, I think that's re- somewhere. I think that's really cool, though. Um, okay, so uh, get into the analysis portion. Uh, see, I told you this was actually gonna be a longer podcast because this, this, this is definitely an interesting show. So going, you know, off that, what what were some of the things we liked a lot about this show? Sound design. That's that's the first one that jumps out at me. Uh, I watched this whole thing with headphones and mm. the way it, it reminds me of Silent Hill in a way, the sound design, which I don't know if you guys have played Silent Hill games. I've, I've played. Uh, I've watched people play one. Silent Hill. Yeah. Yeah. And I've, but, I've watched the second one. I played the first one. It's like what Carlos has been bringing up, like uh, horror by dread. You mm-hmm. know, I think the sound design really inspires that. And there were legitimately portions of the show, at least the first time I watched it that were actually kind of frightening because of the sound design. This may be the only horror-leaning anime that's had any sort of scary moments. I don't know if you guys felt mm-hmm. the same way. It might have been different it, or watching tense, this with a group know. of people, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, the first time I watched this, it was alone in a dark room with nice headphones. <laughs> <laughs> I uh, mean, even, even with a group of people, it's still tense, you know? Yeah. yeah. But I, I would actually kind of like to extend that question. Were there any parts that you think were actually kind of hor- horrific or scared you, for lack of a better word? 
bumping on the pregnant woman's back. Yeah, I mean oh, that, okay. didn't, that didn't scare <laughs> it's, me. It's that disturbing. Es- yeah, yeah disturb- it's uncomfortable. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, hmm. Uh, from the Chimera arc, we have like the weird, uh, like when the samurai, uh, it's revealed like he killed the, the, Voldemort guy. He, we tr- like, we get like this weird sequence where he's like all gloopy and a mess and it's just kind of yep. gross that was exactly the scene i was going to bring up of one of the I big mean, ones where the the drop in sound and then the immediate yeah. scream of the samurai and pan out to everybody and he's gone it was yeah, actually like, kind of scary yeah i think that that whole arc kind of i mean I, kind of I, I guess i would say was scary i i i find crimes of passion scarier because i could see myself committing one like it's one i i could see like if something hap- bad enough happened to me i think it's one of one of the few things i like you know you can't really imagine yourself being a murderer of course but if, if if you're, you're in a love is state, hugging a picture of a pretty man yeah or or just or if you're if i mean eat like the samurai i could see myself being like dude you're like i'm angry enough to fucking kill you because you're being a douchebag I mean, I wouldn't kill someone for just for being a douchebag, but in that in that scenario, I actually kind of sympathize with the samurai. <laughs> I do too, man. You're not alone. Um, so, I I think those are things I would find scary. Uh, I think the fish I found more interesting than scary, but I mm-hmm. I will say I will say that I would be terrified to go up against that kind of like having to actually physically see my fear because yeah, face your yeah. fear. <laughs> That's such a good episode. Kube has seen my fear <laughs> in 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 real time, and and I was okay there. Like having to actually face it the way they faced it, I probably would just die from shock. It's like I thought I was afraid of heights. No, I'm I terrified Carlos. of heights. Yeah, <laughs> I I physically couldn't move my legs to move to the edge to look over. Hold on, <laughs> so let me go. Let me go so get Carlos my wall real quick, and we can continue this conversation. So Carlos. <laughs> When we were at Borderless and we walked in that room with like the vertical lights and stuff, and then uh-huh. the lights start going up, see the sensation mm-hmm. of falling, like when you look down with the mirror. Did that? No, see that like uh, I what for whatever reason, if I'm in an enclosed space, I'm okay. If I can see walls around me or like you know feel the presence of like you know just being in inside, like it's outside and falling. I yeah. Yeah, I'm I'm not I'm not afraid of like, you know, I know there's people with a fear of like wider open spaces, but I'm I'm not at all claustrophobic. I'm actually happier in smaller spaces. <laughs> oh, dude. Like I was I was I was one hundred percent okay being in the navy, uh, because uh, like I'm okay being in enclosed space. If I'm in an enclosed space and I'm up high, like being in a plane, fine. Um mm. but it's being outside and being <laughs> being exposed that yeah, being exposed and being that close to not being in control of my actions and just falling that I'm like, no, I can't. I can't even move my legs. So if you were face to face with the Biwa fish and he just took away the boat and you're out on the open ocean. Oh, I'm okay in the ocean. Oh, I love, what? I love the ocean. Yeah, uh, that's, that's the, ocean. the opposite of me. <laughs> oh, really? <laughs> I'd say water. <laughs> oh, wow. Uh, yeah, no, I, I've, I've actually, I mean, I didn't care for it, but I've swam in the open ocean. Um, <laughs> yeah, that's not <laughs> the, in, in the, uh, sometimes on the ship, they'll have swim call. They'll stop the ship and you can just dive off the ship. And yeah, there's, 
it, it is a little terrifying. I won't lie. The open ocean is a little terrifying because I don't know what's under me. Yeah. Like, like life-wise. That's what gets everything me. is under you. You know what? You know what the worst thing about that is? And this is we're getting way off the topic. But, like, in the Navy, there are people who have to man uh, the 50 cal that, uh, guns just in case there's a shark. Oh and God. you can't be sure they won't fucking miss and hit your ass. <laughs> what do they do if there's an incestuous girl in a log but down there? <laughs> do they have a you rifle for that? I, I'll, I'll check my, like, next time I, I look, I'll check my, na- my old Navy protocols and see, <laughs> see if we got anything for incestuous spirit. Launch the bone missiles. <laughs> uh, we have Buddhist priests for that. Hopefully they're not the ones who... Uh, who sent her out yeah i i think i think it did pretty well at at, at least creating tense moments I, I won't say i was um always scared but i don't think for me i don't think horror has to make me out and outright afraid sure I think it just has to get, like convey the feeling of you know like that the, the best way i can describe it is that moment like when your gut tenses up almost like you're about to be punched like because right. because you're just like you're waiting for something and you just you know that's my favorite kind of horror and i think this one delivered really well whereas uh, most horror anime i've seen which is admittedly not that much is like let me gross you out and give you the most incomprehensible storyline i possibly can absolutely um okay well uh after that well so what, what were some of the areas we think weren't as good um i think for me uh especially the first time watching it i think some of it's cleared up from their discussion but a lot of it was just i just don't know what i just watched Mm. um Mm -hmm. like i'd like to think that i when i'm watching a show i'm actively analyzing and thinking about it and i couldn't get heads or tails of some of the uh the arcs um first time through um I think I kind of agree with that. I think that's kind of like it in one way. That's a strength. And the other way, it's an annoyance. Yeah, um, absolutely. Because it, it is it is kind of hard to like, especially when you're trying to review something. That's why I'm glad you guys are here. <laughs> you guys picked up a lot of the slack because like it's hard for me to like try to be analytical and and make heads or tails of a lot of these episodes where like a normal show, like a just a regular show, like, you know, you go from point A to point B, and it's it's oh, like all they'll wear their themes on their sleeve. It's like really easy to kind of pick yeah. up on. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I, I I'd say that's a both a strength and a weakness. Uh, yeah, I'd, but- I'd agree there. Actually, I would also say this isn't necessarily a negative about the show, but I don't think it's a great group watch show. If that makes sense, where it's uh, it's kind of difficult yeah, to to talk about the show like right after the episode or banter you know in the middle of the show for sure but we're we're actually watching one that i think is a pretty good group of show. it's fantastic uh we'll get into that when we when we get to it but yeah um yeah yeah i'd, I'd say it, it is i that is one of the things that it's difficult to choose shows because you want you want you know your friends and stuff to watch the shows that you love or that you find interesting uh so you can kind of share them with them but they're not always um like i think i found it's, that with Chihaya Fudu it's a lot too. of my favorite shows mm. yeah <laughs> i don't really necessarily want to watch them with other people when we group watch Chihaya Fudu, i think i found i think that's that's why i chose the show that i did 
Because I'm like, all right, I think I'm going to choose a show that's going to be a little more fun for people. Yeah, I actually... Um, so when I first nominated the show, I hadn't seen it. But in the time oh, really? between nominating it and watching it with you guys, I saw it twice. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, some shows take a little bit longer. So um, that's one of the things, too, is if if you want to... You can vote on our group watch shows without being in the group watch or without nominating a show of your own. Yeah, you're basically picking for us to review something. Yeah, if 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 you are out there, if you're if you're in the Discord right now, or if you're thinking about getting in the Discord, like please do jump in and just like give me some votes on shows because like you out there listening to the spoiler cast, this is also for you. Like, so if you, if there's a nomination that you're like, oh, I love to hear them actually watch that and you know review that. By all means, all I need are two votes, and you can read up about how voting works. Uh, and one of the them Discord. must be for Mysterious Girlfriend X. <laughs> My next nomination, which I also have not seen. Yes, I, I I've never seen it either. Um, so I'm kind of excited to watch that one. I'm excited to watch uh, a number of the sh the shows we got, but I'm, I'm excited not. for almost all of them. <laughs> You should be excited for te Testament of Sister New Devil. Uh, anyway. Um, I won't say there's anything I actually hated about this show. Um, no. I, I will say th I, the the message that I got from the first arc, I really dislike and, and disagree with. Uh, yeah, I'm with you there. But but I, I understand where the... Because Japan is... I, I get to... Because like, I, I follow a lot of you know japanese people on twitter and and uh, i've surprisingly recently been getting a lot of uh, some f follows from people in japan who are like oh gajin who you know comes over here every now and again um and and sometimes they post stuff about abortion that i'm just like oh you are massively misinformed but i'm yeah, not gonna say anything you I know, don't know how to say it in your language yeah <laughs> for shows like this you almost have to take uh, consideration to the culture and historical nature of what they're going into. I I, I would say probably like the they, it it might not be an indictment of of their their personal politics maybe, but uh, mm -hmm. it, it might just be like a kind of like a, a look at the time. Um, yeah, and also from the perspective of uh, what was her name, Shino. Mm -hmm. It was also against her will. Yeah, what yeah, she no, was going it, through. You know, that's that's true. That's true um it, it was less it was less that i disliked her story uh and more that i i disliked what they were saying about uh honestly just the time too like because the, the way they were doing stuff it's like you know you know brothels have been around since i mean they call it like they call prostitution the oldest or the second oldest profession for a reason hmm. because like you know people have been uh, been selling themselves since you know, they found out they could to get, you know, food and then valuables. Totally. Uh, so prostitutions had been around for millennia by the time, like, you know, that uh, whorehouse was in in use. So they would have, you know, a more eloquent solution to uh, unwanted pregnancies than let me pound on your back when you're in your like your third trimester <laughs> which is just fucking gross uh that's the only part i think i actively could say i hated but
But other than that, I mean, the rest of the show was was I don't want to say a lot of fun, but <laughs> eh, no, I'd say a, a lot of fun to analyze. There you go. That I'll I'll jump on that grenade and say it's a lot of fun to watch. <laughs> in a in a morbid way, you know, even when the fish fetus pops out of Kayo, that's I hate to say it's entertaining, but it is. <laughs> in a weird way. I no, like no, it. I mean whatever whatever you find entertaining. I my I I my mom loves like eighties horror movies, so I grew up with a lot of that like weird body like, horror. She, she enjoys that kind of stuff and I I mean, to each their own. Um I Okay, the next question we usually do is, how does this anime stack up from others in the genre? For me, this is head and shoulders the best horror I've ever watched. But that's yeah. because I only watched like two or three others. And I didn't, I like, the the one that I always go back to is King's Game, the animation, is absolutely <laughs> the, best. one of the worst things I've ever seen in my life. What? <laughs> it's it's so bad. It's the worst. Oh, I'm so, I love it so much for how bad it is. <laughs> I'm so sad for you. <laughs> I mean, as a, as a horror fan, even with some, you know, genuinely good horror shows I've seen, like probably my second favorite next to Mononoke would be uh, Higurashi no Naku Koro Ni. And still, I've never seen that one. I would consider Mononoke my favorite horror anime. And maybe this is getting uh, to actual scoring, but maybe my favorite show. I mean, it's the only one I've seen more than once. Well, my favorite anime it's not i guess it's not really horror it's more psychological and i've been uh -huh. trying really hard to get people to watch this show who i think would like <laughs> it but no one ever does and it's a 2007 anime called ghost hound um it's originally created by masamune shiro from ghost in the shell fame mm. and it's directed by ritaro nakamura who directed um kino's journey but he sadly passed away not long after doing ghost hound so he doesn't really have a big library. Mm -hmm. um, but earlier, Nate, if you were talking about sound design, Ghost yeah. Hound has the best sound design I've ever experienced. It is Oof. intense. Um, and so uh, what's the name? Chiaki Konaka for he does, episodes. Yeah. For he, uh, Sea Bishop and Japanese Chimera in this show is also credited with Ghost Hound. Yes. Huh. Because I... I love Ghost Hound. It's 22 episodes, kind of a weird number by Production IG. Uh, it was in my top 10 anime for a long time. It got knocked out recently, but it's, you know, still fantastic. It's a weird story where it's very psychological. There's a lot of um, stuff about dreams and memories and just kind of other, like a lot of brain science too, hmm. but it's also done with this kind of murder mystery about like the main guy's main kid's uh sister was kidnapped and like killed like 11 years prior so there's like a lot of kind of grief too but it's and it has a interesting ending uh that i appreciate that i'm not sure how many other people would but um yeah it's more like mystery psychological supernatural kind of realm but i feel like that's definitely tangential tangential to uh mm -hmm. horror right sure. um yeah yeah shoot there was another one that was on my mind uh i blanked out on damn but ghost hound <laughs> ghost town's my number one 
uh, in that realm. I'm sure that one will come to me soon. Oh, but we are forgetting the number one horror anime of all time, the Ghost Stories dub. <laughs> it is <laughs> on the list. I need to see it. <laughs> uh okay so final question uh would we recommend this show uh to anyone or i think i i I think with this question it's fairly obvious from a lot of our reactions that i think we probably would maybe not to everyone yeah i would there's other people that would probably point towards this if they seem to like more kind of artsy uh alternative anime yeah, I think that that's a good way sense. to put it. Like, this would be a show that I would probably recommend to Cubay, but not Logan, knowing their <laughs> knowing their tastes. Uh huh. Right. It's a, a fairly uh, apt example. Yeah. Um, uh, and, and it is important to know someone's taste before recommending. Absolutely. Stuff to them, so. I also, uh, at least, uh, if I made it, may uh, dive into Logan's brain a little bit. I think he really enjoys character interactions and shows based around that so mm. this is a show where characters all characters except gasudi and maybe kayo are discarded after two or three episodes so mm. if somebody is really really likes anime based on the characters i don't think they would get much out of this show from that from that aspect right so the repeating I, yeah. character is the main guy and he doesn't have much of a character no he is to a certain extent, he kind of plays the audience, trying to figure out what's going on. Yeah. Uh, just a couple other, like, supernatural, I mean, psychological kind of thriller horror anime I just want to throw out really quick. Um, From the New World. It's damn good. Okay. And that kind of fits kind of in a that. psychological kind of realm. Also, Garden of Sinners. I... <laughs> <laughs> hey, Native, watch Garden of Sinners. Listen. <laughs> I watched the first one. Uh, there's some there's some really good, uh, again, not necessarily horror, but like thriller stories in there. That was, hmm. that was the other one I was thinking of. Yeah. Watch Garden of Sinners. <laughs> Only if I, you reminds me enough. It took him he 30 tried. straight days of tagging me in post for me to watch the first one. <laughs> and granted i think it's fantastic logan's been telling me to watch akb 0048 since i met him and <laughs> just kidding <laughs> to because the group watch yeah, um, he had to he had to bring it to democracy to make you watch it yeah <laughs> uh but yeah I, i'd say you know this is a pretty resounding yes that we would i mean with a you know the the usual caveat that you know not not everyone, but yeah, we'd probably recommend this to people. Right. Um, so with that said, uh, let's get into to our reviews, and then we'll or our to our our final scores, and and we'll and we'll uh, we'll uh, go ahead and kick it over to audience score. Cube, uh, you first. So I definitely didn't hate or or dis or dislike uh, Mononoke, but I didn't necessarily love it either it was like a lot of really cool things uh the artsy fan in me just kind of enjoyed it on a visual and audio level um but like each individual story is kind of 
they're weird even for my tastes, and I've got some pretty weird tastes. Um, <laughs> but I'm gonna, I settled on giving this a three and a half out of five. I really liked it, but I don't know if I can go higher than that. Uh, just as I said, I've I've got my my share of psychological kind of shows that I really love and dig into, and this one never really quite got there for me. Mm-hmm. Okay, uh, for me, this is I, I I did say this is probably the best horror I've ever seen, but that comes with the massive caveat that I haven't seen a whole lot. And I can't really think of a whole lot of psychological stuff I've seen off the top of my head. Um, but this probably ranks among the top. That being said, though, like I and I love, uh, like you said, the the art and uh, the audio quality and like just a lot of stuff about the show. So, and I can't like really overstate how much I enjoyed analysis for this show. It's really <laughs> difficult. And it's still making me scratch my damn head. Um, that being said, I usually, like I said, if if something's the top in a genre for me, that's usually my five, and that's what I compare stuff to. But I am not huge on horror to begin with. Uh, so I think that's going to color my <laughs> my score a bit. Oh, of I course. will say, for me, this is probably still, like, even if it's not a five, this is a 4.5, because I enjoyed it way more than I thought I was going to. There were there were parts of it that I think were disappointing, but I don't think the, I don't think the end of any arc made me go fuck this show or, or even just like, meh. I was always still interested. Like even the one that disappointed me, I was still like, well, even still that, that bit with the, you know, the fish (laughs) Bebo player, like was enough to be like, well, that wasn't a complete waste of my time because Mm -hmm. that, that whole episode was just fascinating yeah for like the best episode my favorite episode to be my least favorite arc is quite a trick when the arcs are only two to three episodes long yeah i i uh i don't know it it, it hovers bet- for me between a four and a 4.5 but i'm leaning i'm leaning 4.5 because like i said this is probably the best one i've ever seen it Later, if I ever see like a psychological horror that I'm like, this is, you know, psychological horror's magnum opus to me, like it might go down a peg to like a four. But as of right now, I'd say I'm pretty confident in giving it a 4.5 out of five. Yeah, I think I enjoyed the experience watching it more than the show itself. I think, like you said, like you mentioned from the New World, this is a show that I enjoyed watching a lot. I enjoyed it analyzing a lot. I probably will never watch this again. Like from the New World. <laughs> yeah. Gotcha. Well, for me, you know, I, I got to give this a... It's a five for me. Uh, this show, even the lows for the show, like my least favorite arc is probably between Japanese Chimera and Sea Bishop. And still, I enjoy them immensely. Uh, I I have a thing where if a show gets some sort of visceral reaction out of me, whether it be some level of fear from the sound design in the fourth arc specifically, or like legitimate pangs of sadness from the uh, final episode of the last arc, which hell may be my favorite episode of anime period. 
you know, if a show can really get that stuff out of me, that's those are my five out of fives. And even after three watches, it it still remains a five out of five for me. I actually follow kind of a similar thing, Native. Yeah, if a show like gets like deep, deep reactions from me, I I kind of just convince myself it's like this has to be a five, regardless of all yeah. the flaws that might precede it. It's like no, well, this did something to I, me on a deeper level. I, totally. I absolutely agree. I mean, it's why my favorite show is my favorite show. But I I would add the the caveat that. If that reaction is fucking disgust and hatred, because <laughs> sure. that's happened to me. Sure. I, uh, that doesn't count. Positive yeah, emotion, like more positive. Yeah. Or, well, not just positive, but uh, but something that's not hate or disgust. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like um, that needs. Yeah. No, that distinction needs to be made. Yeah. Well, for me at least. It otherwise, to be made. otherwise, your King's Gang comments would be five out of five. <laughs> yeah, yeah, because yeah, I, I would I would be the biggest Kings fan, game fan if if like absolute outright hatred was, was uh, a five. I mean, I've got shows like that too. They don't need to be okay. mentioned though. Uh, so now we get into our our community um reviews. Um, we'll read these ones out. Uh, native, since uh since you said <laughs> that I. Uh, and you were right that uh, your your score was going to be pretty much the same as as crashes. I'll let you read crashes. <laughs> it's it's always that way. We I need to go back on the other group watches and just see if Crash and I always agree because we usually do. <laughs> like I said before we started this, we are nothing if not the parrots on each other's shoulders. Uh, so <laughs> yeah, what? I, we would be able to check, but honestly, like this Google Doc, we we just erase it and redo it every yeah. time we, there's a new group watch. So. So I swear I give every show between a two and a half and a three and a half. <laughs> <laughs> so Crash, Crash Cameo gives it a five out of five. Uh, I'll attempt to review it. Been meaning to watch this for a while since Native recommended it. Shout out. Uh, I like horror quite a lot, and this show is the kind I like best. The kind that relies on atmosphere, surreal imagery, and plays with your mind. Each arc was unique and different from each other. I was always entertained, and no arc felt dragged out for too long. I really enjoyed trying to find the meaning behind every arc, and each one I came away with something to knock around the old noodle. And in terms of shows that have that have mysteries, it's easily the best I've seen. Every time I thought I knew what would happen, it would subvert it and surprise me. The mysteries, horror imagery, and each uh did I read that right? The mysteries, horror imagery, and each arc made up for the lack of characters to uh is that supposed to say cling cling to yeah cling yeah, <laughs> yeah. cling with a k i thought i thought not having a consistent cast of characters outside of the medicine vendor would be a detriment but it wasn't for me the show's content was that was that good to me the art and animation i also loved it was unique it reminded me of the labyrinths in madoka at times with how sketchy and jarring it would look hmm. not much else to really say i loved it five out of five for me too the more I think about it, the more I love it. Uh, and he also gives his rankings of the arcs. Uh, number one is Bakke Neko, the fifth arc. Number two, Sea Bishop, the second. Number three, Faceless Monster, the third. Number four, Zakashi Wadashi, the first. And number five, Japanese Chimera, the fourth arc. I'll take uh, Deimos. Okay. Um, if you, if, unless you want to do it. <laughs> it is it is a, a bit of a long one. Uh, um. 
I could take you talked enough this episode. Oh, okay, I appreciate it. <laughs> so Damo says, my quick review. Mononoke was a show that I wasn't sure I was going to enjoy even before we started watching it, and it turned out I was right. First, I'll get the positives out of the way since there isn't much for me. The art style was unique and interesting. It didn't look like your typical anime. Last Arc was the best only because of the setting being in a train. Now, as for why I didn't enjoy the show, I didn't connect with or like any of the characters. If I watch a show and I don't like any of the characters, it usually doesn't matter how good the story is. If I don't care about any of the characters, I won't care about what's happening around them, which is what happened with this show. While the art was unique, I thought the actual animation was pretty basic. While I don't think it was bad, it certainly didn't do the show any favors. I thought the story was just trying too hard just to be weird and creepy and ended up being uh, not being either of them. It just ended up just being a pretty bland show. If I knew more about Japanese folklore, I might have enjoyed the story more, but as it stands, it was uninteresting for me. So in conclusion, the show is just boring for me. I would have dropped this at episode one, if not for the group watch. I find myself not caring about anything that was happening on screen. I fully admit it's not my type of show, but at the end, I have to score it based on how much I enjoyed it. The one thing that saves it from not getting a lower score is there was nothing in the show that offended me in any way, or maybe hate the show, but it was just boring. Which is fair, because this show's not for everyone. Yeah. yeah. Well, plus, I mean, plus one for honesty. Yeah. We, we have, uh, we, we've said it before, there is no such thing as a show that's for everyone, except for Ghibli films. <laughs> um, <laughs> that's probably not even true. Uh, but, uh, but yeah, so that, that is uh, Mononoke. Um, once again, Native, thank you for uh, agreeing to be on the cast with us this time around. Thank you for having me. It, it kept it from, you know, being Cuba, just, uh, you know, uh, sitting here wondering about stuff. You definitely helped out. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you. I'm a, a longtime listener, first time caller. <laughs> <laughs> we have a few of those. Yeah, we do. Um, all right. Uh, and, um, I don't know. Like, is there anything I, I know you do like you have like a like a regular job, but you do like music stuff. Like, is there anything you want to plug or while you're here? Ah, oh, that's a I, fantastic kind of question. Because I, I honestly I should have asked you before we even started recording and I completely forgot. I do have a band camp that has an old EP that I released two years ago and that will soon have a full album that will be coming out sometime within the next few months uh native-compositions.bandcamp.com nice there you go yeah. i'll give him a listen and i'll uh i'll i'll also stack on top of that go oh god i you know what uh give me a second while i stall for time stalling for time doing stuff um i would also say because you mentioned being <laughs> the parrot on each other's shoulder which i actually <laughs> kind of love that uh that um kind of reference uh crash Comino from our our um from our discord has a youtube channel uh i know he also has like a band and stuff i don't know where to find any of his music there oh he has several bands he does he does covers of of anime songs and like other stuff on on his on his youtube channel um look search up crash kamino you're looking for the the one with the picture of mio uh, Mio from kaon because that guy loves mio uh go listen to some of his covers like his bass covers like he recently did romeo from hello happy world and i fucking love that song so yeah uh definitely go give uh native uh, a listen and uh go give crash a listen because uh they are uh 
probably the only people with musical talent. No, I'm just joking. I'm sure that other, you know, some of you also have musical <laughs> talent, but I played the guitar. Uh, I played the drums. Okay, uh, let's start a band. I, 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 let's do it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah, so uh, so. But if you want to uh, meet uh, Mr. Native here or uh, good old Crash or any of us who are uh, mainstays of uh, the podcast, you can do so by joining our Discord server. Uh, and please do that because uh, the more the merrier, generally. Um, Except for you. I mean, you know who you except, are. Yeah, except for you. Except for you, reincarnation of Hitler, whoever you are. We don't like um, your kind. We don't, we don't <laughs> take kindly to your kind around. No, but, but seriously. <laughs> uh, please join our Discord community, and you can do so by hitting us up on uh, any one of our uh, social media um, or our email. Uh, we're Our email is uh, mail.animearcade at gmail.com. Uh, we're on Facebook at facebook.com slash animearcade. Uh, we are on Twitter at anime underscore arcade and we're also on instagram at the underscore anime underscore arcade and uh yeah go ahead and message us on any one of those and we'll get you an invite to the discord because we don't have it open because i would like to keep my sanity rather than banning people so yeah uh let us uh let us know also what you want us to watch next even though technically we're already watching akb0048 by the time this comes out though we'll be almost done Unless so, we do the second season. Unless we do the second season. Yeah, okay. So, take two. Unless we do the second season. In which case, we are halfway done-ish. Uh, anyway. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, yeah. That's it for for the show. And um, I guess we'll catch you next time. <laughs> <laughs>